listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. Herman, hello. Hello, Paul. Hey, listen, the last time we were together, we were talking about freedom. In fact, I remember going, freedom! And it didn't work then either. (laughs) But listen, you had mentioned the fact that we have the logical contradiction, and it appears in many things. It also shows up in relationships that God can control, and he doesn't. And I can't control anything, and yet I try to. Mm -hmm. That's right. So then I'm thinking back to the things we talked about last time we were together. My boss is free to take credit for my work. Um someone is free not to put their bottle in the trash but set it next to the trash can or the case that the kids you know why we're still buckling up in the driveway we're going are we there yet that's right and at the same time we're free to bring it to their attention that they're doing it incorrectly okay so then i'm curious because i'm not controlling I'm just concerned. In fact, I'm thinking that ought to be a T-shirt. <laughs> Go to our website, greatrelationships.com, gr8relationships.com, and order the T-shirt. Now, Carl's going to be real happy that <laughs> we've got a T-shirt we don't, but I am convicted that I'm not controlling. I'm just being concerned. So many people move themselves into that arena, and they don't realize that what's happening is they actually are removing the freedom for other people. But before we go there, let me just pray for us before we jump into this. Thanks, because I'm going to need help to give freedom. Lord, it is so cool that you provide freedom for us. You're the example of how much freedom we are to be modeling our relationships after. Lord, I pray for great understanding on how this freedom works. It's so misunderstood and so misapplied, and yet it is so magnificent when used correctly in relationships. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, so last time when we were talking about freedom, I'm getting it, but I'll be honest with you. I was seeing it through my eyes, my justification, my terms, and I didn't do that little godliness exercise Mm -hmm. of rising above the pettiness of my situation and see it from God's perspective. Right. And I'm going to say it again. I'm not controlling. I'm just concerned. And so many people end up in that particular area. I am the poster child for control. I know that I am, and I have a great amount of regret for the amount of control and the pain that I've created on my family, uh, especially my dear wife and my kids as relates to control. And I know that being a control person, we'll talk about that at some point, maybe even in this program, being a control person, it typically does couch itself in that exact statement. I'm not controlling, I'm just concerned. How will you know? How do you know if you're just concerned or if you're actually controlling? I I don't know that, but I do want to say why this is so important to me. I keep ruining good things. Mm -hmm. You know, great opportunities have happened, good things have happened, and the next thing you know, I am trying to take some kind of good thing and turning it into an obligation, and it goes sour instantly. And that's what we will do. Those are the two common barriers that we're going to talk about also. But let's go back to this issue of concern versus control. For instance, I could be looking at your life and become the junior Holy Spirit in your life, right? And I would therefore be saying something like, I see sin in your life, and I really need you to change. I really need you to consider changing. Now, is that okay to say something like that to you? Yes. Absolutely it is. How do I know whether I'm just concerned or controlling? That's the difficult part. How would I know? That's what... I don't know. My question has always been, 
am I saying it correctly to get the result I want? Mm-hmm. And that is what will lead you into more control if you're trying to figure out how to say it just right. Now, here is, let's review this to make certain that we understand a very key component. Here's a statement that we typically like to say for those of you who've had serial relationships and they tend to break down, it probably has something to do with this control issue. When control and then put parentheses after control, manipulation or domination, when control is in a relationship, at some point that relationship will become intolerable. Now, why do you think that's true, that a relationship will become intolerable? If I'm trying to control your life, if I'm trying to point out to you what you're doing wrong in your life all the time, why will that become intolerable to you at some point? I don't know. I'm still trying to work on the fact that it is intolerable, and that's why I have to fix it. Well, it'll become intolerable on you because I am not giving you the freedom to be who you are. Whether it's sinful or not, I'm not giving you the freedom. I'm not inviting you to change. I'm saying you have to meet my standards. Is is that the axiom that it's good people up to no good? It truly is. It truly is good people up to no good, and that is where we will eventually go to understand this whole idea about good people up to no good is this idea of you and I not understanding how to apply freedom. We are constantly trying to control. In fact, the way we would see this, the way we like for people to understand it, is it's a dance. Two people are ending up working in their relationship in such a way that they are saying, I'm going to not enjoy your company unless you start doing it my way, and the other person's saying the same thing. You remember the finger-pointing oh, well, exercise? pointing at each other and saying, if, if you, you would, would just change, change I'd, I'd be happy. happy. That's exactly right. And that's a dance. When two people are in this manipulation or control dance, one of them has to understand freedom to the degree of saying, I'm sitting this one out. Uh, I know you're inviting me to dance, but I'm not going to stand up and dance this time. So, But if I do that, it means I don't care. That's how you might interpret it, and that goes back to our situation. How do I know I'm controlling or if I'm just concerned? Well, that's a good question because I'm sitting here. I mean, we've been talking for about seven minutes, and I'm thinking, does this even apply to me? You gave me the Junior Holy Spirit thing. No, I'm over that. I'm not Junior Holy Spirit in anyone's life, but I do have to fix what's not working. Well, before I answer the question of how am I going to know if I'm controlling or just concerned, let's ask another question, because this will help you determine whether you're concerned or you're controlling. What if they never change? Now, think about that. I get a bigger stick. That's exactly what will give you an indication of knowing whether you're concerned or controlling. If you get a bigger stick, what's your answer then, whether you're concerned or controlling? I really love them. I'm very concerned. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, I'm going to get a bigger stick to whack them harder so that they'll get get this idea of change into their brain. That's That's right. right. Whack them all. I've been practicing. If they never change, the, the answer is, if they're never changing, that is going to be a great illustration of how much control I'm putting into their life and trying to manipulate and or dominate their life. If I'm only concerned, I'm not going to be expressing that type of emotional energy. I'm not going to be so tied up in whether they change or not. I want it to happen. I'm going to do the first three of the five uh, relationships actions. I'm going to hope, I'm going to pray, I'm going to encourage, but I'm going to steer clear of exhort and rebuke until it's absolutely, absolutely necessary. Now think about how simple this is. 
if I can simply monitor my emotions related to how much I want them to change, that's your key litmus test as to whether you're concerned or just controlling. If I am just concerned, I do want to see them change. Yes, I do. That would be awesome. But I'm going to leave this to God. I'm not going to let their bad behavior control my life because I'm going to walk with the Lord and let him deal with that. That would be on the concern side. That would be on the side that says they're free to sin. I don't like that, but that's between them and God. And I have said something to them. I have definitely brought it to their attention, but it's not my job to make it change. When I believe it's my job to make it change, then I've crossed the boundary and I've gone into control. Okay, so I said something. I'm free to say something daily? No. If you say it daily, what does that imply about your emotions? Well, they might have forgot. That's exactly right. Or they didn't hear me the first time. Therefore, you're into control, and when you're into control, you're going to feel like you have to remind them. Let me tell you after the break a great way that Louie deals with me to stay out of controlling me. Okay, because this I've got to get, how Louie helps you keep from controlling her but still saying the things you need. That's worth sticking around for. So there you have it. Take the stress out of your relationships by making them great. Greatrelationships.com That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com Critical Key Elements for Great Relationships Genesis 2.18 tells us that God created woman to relate. Women are estrogen progesterone based. This design represents the relational elements of God. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You don't have to sing the blues about today's issues. Learn to think biblically with Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. During Worldview Academy summer camps, we train students to share their faith by using a survey based on the Ten Commandments. It starts like this. How many of the Ten Commandments can you name? Most people quickly name all the don'ts, such as don't steal, lie, murder, However, people nearly always miss the first commandment. That's right, one God. If they miss that one, then all the other rules fall by the wayside anyway, right? One of the habits people develop in suppressing the truth of God is denying that God is. They do not honor God as God. Is your view of Christianity merely a religion of don'ts, or do you honor God in everything you do? Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, call 1-800-2411-123. And we're back. GreatRelationships.com is the website. That's GR8. Nope. It's actually GR numeral eight. There you go. Com. That's right. I'll get it. It's that eight, you know, putting right. infinity on its head that gets yeah, me every yeah. time. Not only can you listen again or recommend people to listen to the program, and we hope you do, you'll find the study guide and also all the videos that actually help you dive deeper. And I'm actually saying all this because I'm stalling. I want to hear how it is that Louie helps you give her freedom. You bet. Here's a simple little example. She might want a picture hung in a specific place. If, if she wants it hung 
in that specific place, she will just take that picture and put it on the floor next to the wall where uh, it needs to be hung. She never says anything else about it. She doesn't uh, nag me about it. She doesn't talk to me about it. Do you think I know that picture needs to be hung? Wait a minute. She did tell you she'd like you to hang it. Yes, she did. And then she just puts it there. Yeah. So you have all the tools in your basket, and she knows where, what. Right. Yeah, and all I need to do is... uh, The win. Yeah, it's when when I get around to it. She doesn't need to nag me. She has decided that she's going to pay attention to a little formula that we typically talk about. I wouldn't. It's not really a formula, but it's a guideline. Say it once, but no more than three times. Okay, I was just picturing Francis telling me to take out the trash. How does that work? Does she take yeah. the trash and put it? Well, if you operate in freedom, here's how this works. Louis puts the picture down on the floor where it needs to be hung, and she she forgets about it. If she sees it there, she can get mad about it if she wants to, or she can say something again to me about it, but then that means that she's either trying to control me or my bad actions are controlling her. Which does she want? My life, when we operate in freedom, does not mean that I'm being controlled by anything other than God. And that's where we want to be thinking about this. Let's repeat the beautiful scriptures that we want to be having everybody pay attention to, Galatians 5.1. Let me just basically paraphrase it and simply say, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. He doesn't want us engaged in this control mechanism. He doesn't want us controlled by anything other than himself. He but set, Herman, he set that's us free. Bible stuff. That applies to Sunday, not everyday life. Yeah, and that's the way many people think about this. They compartmentalize their life in such a way that they have a tendency to think that that's church This is business. This is private. That isn't how God does it. God is saying specifically that this is life. You have life, and you are to be using my ideas about how life is to work in all areas of your life. Okay, then I want to ask you this. Galatians 5.1, right? For freedom, we're set free. And then 5.13, you're going to tell me, I'm sure, that I'm not supposed to use my freedom to abuse others. And here's my question with this. How Louis helps you grant her freedom. That's fine. There's time. But what happens if there's something urgent? I can't just put the picture down. I need it now. And that's totally okay. You mentioned it. And by the way, the way you stated that, it's actually she's granting me freedom to be a jerk, to not do it. Even if it's urgent and needs to be done then, you specifically say, Herman, you know, we really need to get this done now. Okay, I didn't get this. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it, so maybe we need to review it. I thought she was helping you love her. No. No. She's simply operating in freedom and pursuing my best because she's saying, Herman, whenever you get around to it, it's okay. Even if it's needed right now, that's between you and God, whether you're going to do it or not. Now, if, if it doesn't get done right then... She has an option to go ahead and do it herself, right? That's part of freedom, too. That is, that's an option. That is an option. That isn't the best option, but that is an option, and that's going to work against her long-term because what we'd prefer is not, not living in the judgment. When she's trying to be independent, it drives the uh, living in the judgment that we'll talk about eventually. But in granting you this freedom, it's not mm-hmm. that she's conditioning you to love her. She's actually granting you the freedom to be a jerk or not. That's right. I didn't even see that. When we operate that way, whether it needs to be done immediately or whether it needs to be done sometime, it could be the trash really needs to be taken out right now. It really does. Okay, uh, then I'll get to it, and then I don't get to it. Then that would be a situation where she can decide, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and take it out. The issue of knowing whether you are operating in freedom would be if she took the trash out and she didn't have an attitude about it when she came back in. That's freedom. 
that is allowing me to be a jerk, and it's not controlling her life. See how that works? That is really important. In other words, she asked me to take the trash out. I didn't do it. She did it, and there's no repercussion that she had to do it. Because that's what freedom operates with. Now, think about it. How does that model God's relationship to us? Isn't that exactly what happens with God and me? I sit there, and I don't do what God wants me to do. Does he sit up there and go, that gumdad Herman, he's so awful, I can't believe the way, you know, he doesn't sit there. Well, that's what they tell me at church, because you're talking about God. That's exactly what I want to talk about. It's Sunday morning, and I'm starting to marshal everybody for church, because darn it, one of the things you can't be late for is God, and he's not going to love us, and everybody's going to give us that look of shame. And God doesn't do that at all. God doesn't do that at all. God is saying, that's unfortunate. I can't know God is doing it exactly this way, but I can see in his word that this is more of the attitude. He's more displeased because it's hurting me. It's not hurting him. Okay. There, there is no, there's no repercussions. There's no consequences toward him if I don't do this. Okay, but in the case of the trash, Louie takes the trash out and she comes back and she did what she asked you to do. You didn't do it. She took care of it and there's no attitude. But now in the case of going to church and everybody's piling in the car and we're definitely late, how do I reward irresponsibility without we're an not, attitude? We're not talking about rewarding irresponsibility. We're talking about freedom at this point in time. And I would not want Louie to be constantly taking out the trash because I'm not doing it, because that means that I'm not suffering any consequences. I am really trying to justify my control. Yes, See, I'm we not are. controlling. I'm, yes, not, we I'm are. just concerned. That's exactly right. And when we when we misunderstand this whole idea of freedom, and we'll go, we'll go through the V principle eventually. So what we can think about here is I'll help you think about how freedom works so that you can understand that there is a component of consequences. There is a component of teaching. There is a component of helping people consider how to do things right. Freedom is not just spilled out and you just do anything you want, because that's the reason why God gave us Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That is what we are ultimately going for. And we're going to understand that freedom is not the highest principle. So if we go back to this idea of understanding that, well, I'm just concerned. Well, you can know clearly whether you're just concerned or controlling dependent upon where your emotions go if it doesn't change when you want it changed. That's when you can know if you're controlling or just concerned. If I'm detached from it and my emotions don't go off, then I'm actually granting freedom. More than likely. And I'm not saying detach. Please be careful with this. This is where it becomes difficult for most people to understand how, how freedom works. Some people end up starting to think, well, I, I, I'm just going to not even care. I'm just not going to care. That isn't what I'm talking about. That's not love because the issue of freedom is giving them the opportunity to be changed, but it's not impacting my life. I still care, but I'm no longer trying to make it happen. It's the two ditches on the road to freedom or the road to love. Can you explain that to me, please? The road to love, and I've got two bar ditches. You have have two bar ditches, and on one side, you have a power, and the other side is relating, getting along. What the road in 
country terms, there's bar ditches, and bar ditches mean you borrow the dirt from the sides to build the, the road, road in the middle. Now, think about this. The way that I want to be operating in my relationships has a power component and a relational component. But both are needed for the road to work. If you're in this control ditch, you're basically saying, my way or the highway. If you're in the other ditch, you're basically saying, well, can't we all just get along? And too often what we do is we zag from one ditch to the next. Well, I was going to say, that's what my road looks like. It's not going down the road at all. I'm yeah. going to this ditch into that side. That's right. We are basically saying, oh, oh, I get it. We're not supposed to be controlling. I'm only supposed to be concerned. Uh, but they're not changing. I've, oh, I've just got to make myself not care. And then I get frustrated. I'm all out of joint and I don't feel like I'm serving them. You're into the other ditch at that point in time by simply going, well, I just need to get along with them. No, that isn't what we're saying. We're saying get onto the road instead of crossing the road. You, you operate in freedom or love at some point, but we need to stay on the road. There is a power component. There is a relating component. I can say something to them. And I can still get along with them, but it's not my job to change them. Thank you. Now, when we come back, will you talk to me a little bit about this hierarchy of principles? You bet. Okay, so there you go. Greatrelationships.com is the website. That's gr numeral 8 relationshipscom Find us and like us on Facebook, Great Relationships. Important key elements for great relationships. God has created us to have primary needs. The reason God asks a man to love his wife as Christ loves the church in Ephesians 5.25 is because God created women with a need to be safe and secure. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great. And not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral 8 relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. We are Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Paul Moore and Herb and Eben with you. And this is one of those programs where I'm going to have to simply go back and listen to it because there's a lot of aha moments. And bless God, I can do that at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight, relationships.com. It's the radio page and the other pages got videos, study guides, everything else. Herman, before the break, you were talking to me about how Louie is able to give you freedom. 
that it wasn't her conditioning you to love her. She was actually giving you freedom to be a jerk. That's right. I mean, when we get to that place in a relationship, guess what happens? The uh, person is not being manipulated and will have a less of a tendency to rebel against the relationship. So in her particular situation, she's given me the freedom to not do the things that she really would like to have done. That sounds strange, doesn't it? It does. What if I want to make freedom a value? Is that something that can happen overnight? It can happen overnight for anybody if they simply choose it. But most people typically are going to wrestle with the concept. I have seen most people wrestle with how freedom works. Most people will go from ditch to ditch as opposed to staying on the road like we were talking about. You know, the road to freedom or the road to love, either one of those is built with those two components, that power component and that get-along component. And if you make the choice that I'm just going to, uh, by God's grace, live in this relationship differently, yeah, you can do that overnight because it's the Holy Spirit's energy that gives you the opportunity to do this in the first place. No one is immune from, if they're a child of God, that is, no one is immune from allowing the energy of the Holy Spirit to dictate uh, or to help them live their life. So that is a critical issue for us to pay attention to. But most people tend to struggle. That's how my life has been. Well, then I've got a question because you said most people people tend to struggle because I know when I try, I've tried to do this freedom thing, maybe not for the right reasons, but I've tried just to say something one and leave it alone. And when they don't act, I immediately translate that as they don't care. And I'll give you an example, a good friend of mine, you know, when we were at her wedding, her mom was talking about her father that when she was born and he found out that his wife was pregnant with her, He quit smoking. That was it. I mean, he didn't even pick up the open pack that he had. As an Mm -hmm. ex-smoker, that drives me nuts. But Mm -hmm. then her grandfather, on the other hand, it took him a year to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. And do I attach a don't care value, or is that the whole struggling thing? Too often, if you attach the don't care value, you haven't learned how to do it. You haven't learned freedom. Freedom is coming from the simple choice of saying, I'm no longer going to try to dictate how other people live their lives. I'm going to live my life how God is asking me to live my life. I'm going to share with other people what they need to hear because I'm free to say that, but it's not going to impact my emotions as to whether they're going to change or not. Now, this idea of changing quickly or changing over time, Most of the change that's ever occurred in my life has happened over time because I really do believe God wants me to struggle with things so that I can finally assimilate it into my life so that I can understand it well enough that I can be able to teach it. If you get something that happens just immediately, you tend to not understand it so that you can help others to go through it. Is that like the difference between not valuing something that was given and something that we had to work real hard for? Sure. That makes total sense. And God is in the business of conforming us to his son. Louis would say by her own admission that it it was easily three years before she even started paying attention to this issue on freedom. As I brought it to her attention, she felt like I was back into my control mechanism. She felt like I was saying to her, you're free to do that if you want to. And whenever she heard the word freedom, she cringed because she felt like I was trying to cram freedom down her throat. And I was just saying to her, it's your choice if you want to do that. Well, then two immediate things come to mind. One, if I'm in crisis right now and things are kind of crummy, you're telling me it can't happen overnight. I got to wait three years. I don't know if I'm down with that. No. 
it can happen immediately. I don't know how it's going to work with you. God may want you to be able to understand this very quickly. He may want you to struggle with it over time. I don't know what the issue is going to be, but the issue is for you to start understanding that freedom is the best, whether it happens immediately or whether it happens over time. God has called us to operate in freedom for other people, because if we're not operating in freedom, then we're in judgment of them. We're being judgmental of them. That's the part that we miss as we don't operate in freedom. We think that we're just concerned. No, we're actually trying to control and therefore we're in judgment of their behavior. What if all of a sudden I've been very controlling and I give freedom and now all of a sudden, because you were talking about that dance, now they think I don't care because I've given freedom. That's exactly what happened in Louie and I's life. When she saw that I was no longer trying to control her, what do you think she thought? I didn't love her anymore. And I was actually loving her more, but she was interpreting that because I had always been so controlling that she was interpreting the lack of control as a lack of love. She's come to understand that it actually is the opposite at this point in time. I am no longer trying to control her because I want to accept her how she is, however she is. She may not meet the standard that I would really love to have, but I am in the process of accepting her as she is, and freedom is the only chance that I have to help that happen. That's ultimately where I want to go with love, and that's that hierarchy. If you remember right, love is at the top, freedom is underneath that keeps me responsible in my freedom toward other people. So if I am pursuing the best for Louie, I am reining in my freedom to be a jerk to her. I am therefore looking at her differently to pursue her best, and I am using a freedom that's responsible freedom. Irresponsible freedom just does anything I want. And there you have it. Take the stress out of your relationships by making them great. Greatrelationships.com. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Bill, what are you doing? I'm trying to get ready for my fantasy football draft. Why are you outside behind your trash cans? Shh! My wife will hear you! And she doesn't like me spending time on fantasy football. This is the only place outside that I can pick up the internet. Does she try to manipulate you into feeling guilty? No, she's more of an outcome engineer. She likes control. She doesn't even realize she's doing it. Why don't you ask your wife to join the league with you? Are you crazy? I can live with the manipulation, but if she were to join the league and dominate, I'd never live it down. What if she helped you run your team? What are her strengths? Well, she likes to be in control. By the way, what's the name of your team? Control Freaks. Join us next time when Herman helps you understand manipulation and domination in your relationships. He probably won't offer any tips on fantasy football, though. Right thinking. Right relationships, right now.